Did Shane Beamer just hint at his NIL strategy? And if so, is it a good one for South Carolina's football program? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. On Wednesday morning and afternoon, Shane Beamer had his annual charity event, Birdies with Beamer, where essentially a lot of former South Carolina players and also a ton of media members that cover South Carolina's football program all go out to a nearby golf course. They all play a bunch of holes. And at the end of the day, the media does get to talk to Shane Beamer and some of the assistant coaches regarding what else going on with the team this upcoming season. And part of Shane Beamer's press conference involved something regarding NIL. And when answering this question regarding NIL in college athletics, I think Shane Beamer made his NIL strategy known. And if it's what I think it is, I believe it is a smart one for South Carolina's football program. So the question surrounding NIL that was broached to Shane Beamer, that Shane Beamer was asked, essentially was a hypothetical where Phil Kornblut asked him, If you were a U.S. Senator, what would you include in an NIL law? And it led into a prolonged answer from Shane Beamer regarding some of the things that he has an issue with regarding the NIL space. But for the purposes of this show, we're going to focus on the first portion of his answer, which I have right here in this soundbite and clip. I think there's a lot of things with NIL that can be better and again I'm in favor of it and want to help our players in any way and support name image and likeness and I've told our players and I mean and I want to help them in any way that I can and I'll do everything that I can to help them be able to capitalize on it if they've earned it. Hold on a second. Did y'all catch what he said at the very end? Shane Beamer said if they've earned it and that is the part that I want to sort of hone in on for the next few minutes. I'm not trying to put words into Shane Beamer's mouth here, but with how he worded his answer there, I think that this gives great insight into what kind of NIL strategy that Beamer and this program employs. And that strategy, I believe, is this. Shane Beamer and his staff uses NIL for roster retention and nowhere near as much on the front end when it comes to trying to bring in high school recruits. Now, I do believe that there are certain occasions where Shane Beamer and his football staff will obviously utilize NIL to try to get certain prospects to come to Columbia, whether that be high school recruits or transfer portal guys. In terms of high school guys, you could look at Nicholas Harper and Dylan Stewart. If you look at the transfer portal, you could possibly look at a guy like Logan Dix from this past cycle, and likely a guy like Spencer Rattler from the 2021 through 22 transfer portal cycle. And assuming this is the strategy that Shane Beamer is utilizing, I think this is the smartest way to go about utilizing name, image, and likeness at South Carolina. 
Why do I think that? Well, the simple version of this answer is the Gamecocks just don't have the coffers that other schools in this conference do. And if we really want to be honest about this, the Gamecocks probably rank in like the bottom third of the SEC when it comes to NIL and what exactly they could offer. That's not to say that there aren't opportunities here, of course. Park Avenue has been really good in terms of marketing and trying to help some of these athletes procure some deals, especially guys like Antoine Juice-Wells and already Nicholas Harper in just his first month and a half or so on campus. But I don't think it's certainly at the very top of this conference, is my overall point. But something else to consider here with this possible strategy Shane Beamer and his staff, they have done a phenomenal job when it comes to creating and strengthening relationships with high school football prospects and not having to lean on essentially throwing NIL money around willy-nilly at the front end of sort of these college journeys for these kids. In essence, they're not having to throw these bags of cash out there to try and land some of these guys the guys that they really want in their class. And when a staff can accomplish this at a very high level, it provides you a ton of leeway to be able to save that NIL money and use it for certain situations where maybe you've got certain players on your roster that other schools are contacting through back channels. Maybe they're trying to convince some of your star players, hey, you come over to our team, you could do this, that, and the other. Oh, and we'll also throw in some of this NIL money right here your way. We all know that this happens. And if we're being truly honest, probably every program has done this to at least a certain extent. That's not me trying to call Shane Beamer a hypocrite or anything, but the point being, NIL is used in some form or fashion when it comes to maybe trying to entice a kid to come to a program. We all know that this happens. But going back to South Carolina's NIL strategy that I think they use, how could this help them in the future? Well, I will say this. Right now, it's working really good for South Carolina. This is what they're doing. But while I don't think it's going to happen immediately, I do believe that at some point, Carolina is going to sort of hit a threshold where if they're going to continue to recruit at a high level, if maybe, let's say, they're in the game for more five-star prospects, they're sort of flirting around with a top 10 or top 8 recruiting class. If they reach that point, then South Carolina, in my opinion, probably the opinion of most of y'all, would probably have to utilize NIL a lot more to land some of these top players. Now, how they can be provided with the opportunity to do that is a different conversation that I'll let other people try to convey to the masses. I'm not going to dive into all of that on today's show. But bottom line... Well, some people might think I'm overblowing this a little bit. I think that what Shane Beamer said on Wednesday at his charity event gave a real subtle hint as to how he views NIL and, in essence, how he utilizes it. And again, if he utilizes it in a way in which he tries to retain his players instead of trying to use it to entice guys to just come to South Carolina all the time, I think that's the best way for the Gamecocks to go about it at this current moment. So... Nonetheless, South Carolina and NIL, people can have all their preconceived notions that they want, but the Gamecocks, they don't need to have the deepest pockets if they want to be able to compete nationally here. But they do have to be creative, and I think that Shane Beamer and his staff are doing just that when it comes 
to the NIL space. Now, I talked about procuring talent, and that is something that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks have definitely been doing over the past year and a half or two. But where does South Carolina's current roster stand amongst all of their peers in the SEC on paper? We're going to dive into that a little bit deeper in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, if you're a small business owner out there, you know that one of the most important things in your business is finding the right and most qualified people to fill in all of these supplementary roles. Because obviously, you cannot operate your small business alone. You need people that have good people skills. You need somebody that can help your company sort of stay ahead of the game when it comes to your competition. And you also need people who are really good at delegating, who are good at managing multiple people at one time. And if you want to find the right people for your business, you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. And as always, thank you to each and every one of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. Okay, let's talk about where South Carolina currently stands when it comes to their overall talent that they possess compared to the rest of the SEC. Now, in trying to figure this out, I essentially went and took 24-7 Sports 2022 Team Talent Composite Rankings and updated their numbers from this past season to account for some of the signees that have yet to be included on some of these teams' roster. Essentially, I just looked at the five- and four-star guys that each SEC team possesses. In the case of transfers, I used the original ranking that each of those guys had coming out of high school for the sake of uniformity. And I did subjectively rank some of these teams based on how player ranks panned out. So, in essence, if you've got a bunch more players that rank near 100 compared to players that have maybe a player rating of around 90 then I ranked the first team higher than the second team. Because if you're about 90, you're a low-level 4-star. 95, mid-level 4-star. About a 1 or a 99, you're a 5-star, basically. So, without further ado, let's get into the talent rankings. I'm not going to go over every single team, but I will give you my top 3, my bottom 3, and the area where I have South Carolina. So, The most talented team in the SEC right now, it's Alabama. They currently have 15 five-stars and 56 four-stars on their roster. Just astronomical numbers right there. At number two, I got Georgia, who have 13 five-stars and 46 four-stars. LSU is number three, as they have seven five-stars and 35 four-stars. The bottom three are Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt. And then when it comes to South Carolina, I have the Gamecocks slotted right at number seven. As right now, the Gamecocks have two five-stars 
and 24 four-stars currently on their roster. They are ahead of teams like Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas in that order. So, when looking at this overall ranking, what stands out about South Carolina's roster on paper as things currently stand? Well, the first thing that stuck out to me when I did my research for this segment, most of South Carolina's blue chip players, the guys that are four and five stars on this roster, or were coming out of high school, most of those guys are underclassmen. How many of them? 18 out of the 26 players, or 69.2%, are either freshmen or sophomores. So the top talent on this roster is very young, to say the least. And when the 2024 class comes in, the way it's currently situated, that percentage is only going to grow higher, which is going to give the Gamecocks a boost on this list in terms of the overall talent that they've got on their roster. Another thing that stuck out to me, there's a really good balance between the guys that they have on defense and the players that they have on offense. South Carolina has 15 blue chip prospects on the defensive side of the ball. And that means, therefore, they've got 11 on the offensive side of the ball. So if you just took two players away from the defense and added to the offense, you would have a 50-50 even split right there. And I think when it comes to recruiting, you can't get much better than that when it comes to recruiting this kind of talent. And one other thing to think about here. South Carolina, in terms of the talent they have on paper right now, they're already ahead of multiple programs who, nationally speaking, are perceived to be better than the Gamecocks. But South Carolina still has a ways to go before they're in the upper echelon of the SEC. So let's start with the teams that I mentioned at the beginning. South Carolina is ahead of Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss. Again, teams that, maybe besides Ole Miss, are viewed to be better programs than South Carolina. Auburn and Arkansas, when looking at their rosters right now, they're a bit more top-heavy on paper. they got to get some more players that are going to balance out sort of that top group that they've got in terms of personnel. And then when it comes to Ole Miss, you're starting to see the lack of emphasis on high school recruiting catch up with Lane Kiffin and his staff. And on a personal note, just a side note here, I think that's going to show up more starting this year and from that point forward. So I think it's only going to get worse for Ole Miss in regards to their high school talent. Now, talking about South Carolina and sort of comparing their current spot to the upper echelon of the SEC. Again, I slide the Gamecocks at number seven on my list. At number six, I had the Florida Gators. Obviously, Florida, some of the least talented teams that they probably fielded in several years that they currently have right now. But even though Florida is only one spot ahead of South Carolina on my list, the Gators currently have 15 more blue chip players and a ton more talent on paper when it comes to the player rings each of the other guys have compared to South Carolina. So, in other words, Shane Beamer and the staff, they still need probably one or two more top 12 or top 15 classes if they're even going to be able to start matching up with Florida on paper, again, on paper, not on the field, and also the rest of the teams in the SEC. When it comes to talent, you're talking about teams like Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, and now Tennessee is slowly starting to creep up into that group right there. But the other thing to consider is that this list 
it doesn't even include Texas and Oklahoma yet. And the Sooners and the Longhorns, of course, are going to join the conference in the summer of 2024. So for South Carolina, again, that's not to try and tell everybody that South Carolina still has a long ways to go. But the point is that they're getting better, but they still got to do more. And admittedly, they would probably already be a little bit higher in terms of their talent on paper when it comes to this list if it wasn't for the 2021 recruiting class. I'm going to dive into how the recruiting class has affected this roster and why the 2023 class, therefore, is going to be very important for this staff in this coming season. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So y'all heard me allude to this before I went into the break, but 2023 is going to be the year that the 2021 recruiting class catches up to South Carolina. Now, for those of you who might not recall what exactly I'm talking about with the 2021 class, obviously, everyone I think can recall off the top of their head, Shane Beamer became South Carolina's head football coach back in December of 2020. And basically, because of the time in which he joined the program, Shane Beamer had less than two whole months to put together his first ever recruiting class. And I will say, I don't think it's fair to classify the 2021 class or file away that class underneath Shane Beamer's name. I really don't think that's fair to him, but technically it is associated with him and his career at South Carolina. So we do have to discuss it in that manner. The 2021 recruiting class ranked 70. Second in the country. It was the worst class in the SEC. Yes, I'm not kidding. It ranked worse than Vanderbilt's recruiting class. That is next level bad right there. And I did not check this part, but I would have to imagine that based on this ranking, this is the worst class in the modern era of recruiting rankings for South Carolina. Now, I will say, it's not like this class was entirely a wash. Some of the players, both high school signees and transfer portal additions, have made a good impact here or still could make a really significant impact for the Gamecocks. And I'm talking about guys like Juju McDowell, TJ Sanders, Nick Barrett, David Spaulding, Marcel Style, Amari Brown, and Jordan Strun. Now, the one problem with the group that I just brought up, that is only seven guys right there. You know how many players South Carolina brought in with that 2021 recruiting class? 23. 23 players. And we're essentially saying that less than one-third of that class has actually made a good impact. This is a big reason why the 2023 recruiting class is going to have to help out this team this year why they're going to be leaned on so heavily by Shane Beamer and the staff this year. Because, quite frankly, these coaches need some of the guys they just brought in to help fill in that void that is being left by this 2021 class. And again, some of those guys, they have done well. But 7 out of 23, in the SEC especially, that ain't going to cut it, folks. It just ain't going to cut it. Now, the good news for South Carolina in this entire picture that I've painted for all of you, I do think that a lot of South Carolina signees from the 2023 class 
could help South Carolina immediately. I think that 13 of the 24 could help out this season. And that includes multiple guys that I'm pretty sure the coaches would love to see provide a boost at their position group this year. And that includes guys like Desmond Zulu at the edge position, offensive lineman Marquis Anderson, running back Dontavious Braswell, linebacker Grayson Pup Howard, and wide receiver Nicholas Harper. I think that for differing reasons, the coaches would especially love all of these guys to really give them some assistance this year. And I'm pretty sure that there are some other guys that could end up helping out. You know, there's a guy wide receiver like Elijah Caldwell, who's now been brought up countless times by Spencer Rattler. He's someone that could sort of help out in terms of being a good rotational piece or a good depth piece. What about some of these other offensive linemen? Olawatis and Big Tree Babalade, Trevon Baugh. Maybe one of those guys steps on in and is able to help out immediately this fall. And maybe in the secondary, maybe you have someone like Jalon Kilgore who comes in and is just pure dynamite on special teams and he can come in and give a reprieve to Nick Evan Worry or DQ Smith. He has DQ Smith's size, but he plays like Nick Evan Worry when he's out there on the field. So, bottom line with this entire conversation here, the 2021 class and the lack thereof when it comes to contributors and guys that have actually helped, I think that that does catch up to South Carolina somewhat this year. I'm not saying that that means the Gamecocks are going to bottom out, but I do think it puts a certain cap on what they're going to be able to accomplish this year. The one way in which that that could be rectified is if this 2023 class comes in and helps out right from the jump. Is that fair to ask of some of these guys? Probably not. In an ideal world, Shane Beamer and the staff would love to have the majority of these guys probably sit back, watch, and learn from the veterans, and develop physically, get adapted to the college game, college life, as a student off the field as well, and then help out in 2024-2025. But that's just not the world that South Carolina lives in right now. And in certain cases, again, that's not a bad thing. Some of these guys are so talented, you quite literally cannot keep them off the field. But again, in certain cases as well, you're going to probably need some guys to go out there even if they're not maybe 100% ready yet. So that's the situation that Shane Beamer and the staff find themselves in when it comes to this roster and the talent that they have heading into this season. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What are your thoughts on on the possible NIL strategy that Shane Beamer might have hinted at at his charity event on Wednesday. Do you think that's their strategy? And if so, do you think it's a good one? And also, what are your thoughts on the talent that South Carolina currently possesses on paper right now? And do you think that the lackluster 2021 recruiting class is going to catch up to the Gamecocks somewhat this year? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section on YouTube or also shoot me a message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. Thank y'all so much once again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.